everybody, and welcome to the Justin Robert Young program. My name is Justin Robert Young here on a Tuesday, January 7th, 2020. What do you say we go ahead and get into the news, huh? Here's a little thing that got thrown into the Discord. It is Rock Shock. Or at least that's the manufacturer. And they've got a brand new way to make sure that you, the happy couple about to commit the rest of your lives together, can memorialize that magic moment of engagement. Yes, it is a phone case that flips out into a ring case, assuring that you have that moment that she first, or he, or they, first lay eye on, eyes on your ring in all stunning HD glory. Effectively, it works like this. It's a, it's a thick-ass phone case, right? And, but it's enough that fits in your pocket. It's not like gigantic. It's just thicker than usual. You, you peel off the back, basically, and boom, there's the ring on a stand that is designed to be dead center at the bottom of the frame. So it's mostly face and then a little bit of ring, and you see the reaction. Now, this came into my life because of a tweet by Francis Wheatman, who says, I take it all back. I now welcome nuclear oblivion. And to which I say, uh, hold on. Because <laughs> my wife and I, Ashley, we both don't live where we grew up. Either of us have family around where we live. We're both from the East Coast. We now live on the West Coast. So... Social media is not just a way that we, you know, floss and show off and uh, go go hard for these likes. Now, we do that, too. But especially when it comes to our engagement and our marriage and stuff like that, these are things that my family and her family relies on social media for us to post. It is a passive way that we can stay in each other's lives. When I proposed to Ashley, I knew I had to capture it on, on some kind of social media. I knew I had to do it. Like, it was just, it was a moment that I knew I wanted to share with them. It was a moment I knew I wanted to share with all my friends. Now, obviously, I also had listeners and viewers. Ashley had listeners and viewers, so there was an element of content to it. But it's the reason why I devised the way that you can always get the perfect proposal shot. Now, it means you have to go to a touristy area. Like, that's the key part. You have to go where there are strangers, and it's got to be somewhere kind of picturesque. But you kind of want that for an engagement photo anyway, right? Now, the simp way to do it would be to hand some stranger your phone and say, oh, could you do me a favor? 
take a picture of us, then propose, and leave it up to this dingle, this rando from random town, to take the right photo. You don't do that. What you do is you hand them your phone when you've already hit the video button. So now they're taking video. You say, oh, it's taking video. Just leave it go. Then you go down on one knee, you propose, and you're thinking, well, yeah, but what if he takes a shitty video? All right, he may, but you're not doing it for the video. You're doing it because every single frame has the possibility of being the perfect picture. So I don't know if this particular case gives you as good of a shot as I got using my strategy, and I've seen other people use this strategy. But at the same time, you could always do both. <laughs> you could always have a dummy phone as the flip case. You could put together a little multimedia thing. I don't know why people hate this. This just seems, I mean, like, theoretically, we're only doing it once, right? I mean, like, you know. Obviously, you can do it more than once, but theoretically, when you're at the moment where you're proposing to somebody for life, this is, you know, a one-time event, why wouldn't you want to memorialize it? I don't know. People are just so grumpy. News. Little tech news for you. I've always loved Sonos. Sonos is a very cool company. Uh, I really like their speakers. I think that they were pioneering in interconnected speakers, making a sleek app, uh, being a, a cool, independent way that you could curate a bunch of services. Even now, their app will let you use Pandora, Spotify, and Apple Music. I have Apple Music. My wife has Spotify, so... We're able to, to get pretty much anything, and we can play it in the kitchen. We can play it in the living room. It's great for parties. It's just an awesome time. And I think it can be told now. I, I did a go game for them down there in Santa Barbara at their headquarters, or at least their headquarters down there. We did it at a hotel and then ended at some event space. But it was a, a, a rad time. They seemed cool. However, at the time that I did that Go game for them, there were already dark clouds on the horizon. They really seemingly had been left behind by the true revolution in speaker technology, and that was the virtual assistant. Begun by Siri, then spreading from Amazon to Google, the virtual assistant is the way that people want to interact with speakers and although the speakers themselves are not great, where Sonos has prided itself on fidelity, the functionality is beyond compare. And if you can understand the idea that you are constantly being surveilled by massive tech companies who want nothing but to strip you down to your various demographical parts and sell it to the highest bidder, they kind of turn your house into the enterprise, and that's fun. Well, now comes the news from the New York Times that Sonos is suing Google. 
And apparently they say that they would sue Amazon as well if it weren't for the fact that they don't want to be in court with two massive tech giants at the same damn time. Their complaint is this. They've been working with Google for years. And Google happened to get all of their specs. Because at the time, Sonos wasn't worried about Google. Google was an internet company. They just wanted to build in Google Music in the best way possible. And so when Google asked for all of their blueprints and their technology, they happily handed it over so the product could work as seamlessly as possible. Well, now Google's got the Google Home and Amazon's got the Echo. And according to Sonos, when they've looked at those products, they believe that the home, specifically in connecting with each other, are infringing on Sonos's patents. So this brings me to a larger question I've always had about Sonos. How have they not been bought? Specifically with Apple. Apple has been terrible with speakers. They have tried to release speakers multiple times. They bought Beats, and now Beats operates fine. But I never got, that would seem to me to be the most Apple purchase. But they never did. Google never did. Amazon never did. Sonos is contending they didn't have to because they just stole everything that, that, that was worthwhile of theirs and infringed on their patents. Something tells me this is a prelude to a negotiation, though. There was a little bit of inside dirt on uh, a Sonos product that was offering the ability to have multiple virtual assistants. That was their big selling point, is that you'd be able to have the uh, Amazon voice assistant and the Google voice assistant on the same device. Well, apparently that was all well and good until launch day, at which point Amazon almost pulled out of the product entirely, and both companies eventually said, okay, you can offer that there's both of them available. However, the user's going to have to choose one or the other when they set it up, which is just annoying. I'm rooting for Sonos on this one, though. They really are technological innovators, and I would love to see them rewarded for it. Now you folks know that I am from South Florida. I love South Florida. I love the ethos of South Florida. I love the vibe of South Florida. Any of you are from South Florida and you love the ethos of South Florida and you love the vibe of South Florida, well then, brother, let me tell you something. You gotta have a soft spot in your heart for the hot mess. Now... The hot mess is often annoying to deal with, and the hot mess will sometimes ruin your night. But man, we love the hot mess because the hot mess is our friends, <laughs> there are sisters, <laughs> there are mothers, there are aunts, there are teachers sometimes. Yes, 
It is with that that I bless this hot mess with an official declaration of Floridianhood. Yes, much like the queen can knight somebody, I am giving this woman that I'm about to tell you about an honorary citizenship to the great kingdom of Florida. And it's funny that I would mention the queen because she is indeed British. The Manchester 20-year-old Demi Burton is who we are talking about. She was jailed after she was taking a flight between Abu Dhabi and Manchester. It was an Etihad plane. I, I, I know that that's wrong. I know I mispronounced it. But uh, she got a little lit, huh? You know, we've all been there, right? Flying back home. Maybe you're afraid of flying. That's her defense. She was, uh, she was a little scared. So she got drunk before she got on the plane. She got on the plane. She remained drunk. So she tried to make a few friends, you know, to calm her down. 20-year-old said that, uh, you know, she'd like to maybe rendezvous with some of these gentlemen. they meet her in the bathroom so they could uh, join the Mile High Club. Ugh. I mean, for a red-blooded male, especially if you're in your adolescence, 20s, I don't know if there is a man who has not thought what it would be like on a flight if next thing you know you were randomly sat next to a woman who were sexually aggressive. Let's put it that way. These men rejected her advances. And you want to know who else rejected her advances? The flight attendants on this plane when she asked for more booze. She was cut off and shouted, you may as well just land the plane now then. She then swung at, headbutted, and all around mauled the flight attendants until she was secured to her seat. Some of the other greatest hits here. She shouted at uh, one passenger, shut up, you speckly four-eyed bastard. Uh, the defendant approached and asked for two red wines and she was refused but she approached another crew member who had not received the message that she was uh, she was then given the wine ten minutes later after asking for more uh, she was shouted down it gets even better from there Uh, a number of passengers tried uh, uh, to restrain her In fact, six was the total number to get her down. Uh, Passengers were moved away from her seat as she was screaming and yelling. She was kicking the television. She head-butted and bit other passengers that tried to restrain her. And she called the cabin manager an ugly cunt bitch. Here's what her lawyer said. She's 20 years old and you need only imagine the trepidations and feelings at the prospect of going to prison. 
uh, more specifically, the defense lawyer said uh, she went to Australia to get away from her family who is uh, who have behaved toward her from her early years in a very controlling and abusive way. She thought it was right to fly back, but was very apprehensive about the arrival home and the app and apprehensive about flying itself and had more to drink than was appropriate. Now, here's the real kicker. She was jailed for six months. Sentenced to jail for six months. Oh, my God. I don't know. What do you guys think that that's, that that's an appropriate amount? I mean, she was a problem. She didn't affect the flight. Certainly, she made the flight attendant's life hell. It would have been a major problem had there been complications on the flight. So, I don't know. I'm going back and forth. I kind of feel like any kind of drunk or disorderly thing that doesn't, ah, she bit somebody. Yeah. I don't know. I need you guys to tell me. What do you think? Six months, too much, too little? Hit me up. Theyoungamerican at gmail.com. Hey, speaking of that email address. Joe writes, there were deafening Brady chants throughout the wildcard game at Gillette. It was the loudest the stadium has been in years. We did not cheer when our team lost. Brady's situation is more complicated than you make it out to be. He had not said anything guaranteeing that he would not return to the Patriots, and there's a chance he plays more games at that stadium. Why would the crowd give him a farewell? Had uh, he already announced his retirement, you could be sure that there would be ceremony and fanfare. You're not, or you are wrong about Patriots fans. I think you'd be quite fascinated by the culture surrounding the greatest sports organization in history if you gave it proper consideration. Let me translate for everybody uh, uh, exactly what is being said here. There were deafening Brady chants throughout the wildcard game at Gillette. It was the loudest the stadium had been in years. We did not cheer when our team lost. Now, I'm glad that Cujo agrees with me and everything that I said yesterday. Because indeed, when there was the possibility that he was of use, the Patriots fans cheered. As soon as he had lost his utility, as soon as he was a failure to them, they dropped him like a bad habit. They did not cheer for him. Why? Why would you cheer when you know that there is a big decision looming on the horizon? When all is possible, yes, you could return and cheer him forever. But equally possible, at least in that moment, was retirement or leaving. Why not just for safety's sake? How about for honor's sake? How about for gratitude's sake there be a chant? No. That is not the way of the Boston sports fan. Greedy, miserly, selfish as they are. No, they demand the now. They demand what have you done for me lately? And look at their hero. Look at their hero. The man they say they worship. 
and his lonely trek to the locker room. Hmm. Hmm. Am I wrong about Patriots fans? It seems like when it comes to being the worst, most entitled fan base in the NFL, there are indeed no days off. Gary writes, Sorry to hear that Jerry Daly is going on semi-permanent hiatus, but I'm a little relieved. Why? You got me hooked on Andrew Heaton's political orphanage. Heaton and I don't agree on much, but he and you help keep me honest by breaking into my personal political bubble and stirring things up in an entertaining way. So I've added the political orphanage to my rotation. Now the Bugle podcast has spun off into a daily show called The Last Post. I think it's pretty good. Something had to give. Given the many, many podcasts I listened to, I needed to call something so thanks for taking something off my plate. I'll keep listening and supporting PX3. Many are the political discussions in my house that include the words Justin said or Justin had on a guest who said, keep up the good work, your friend, the only Gary. Remember, there's only a few more days to get in the last Jury Daily emails. Jury Daily at gmail.com. Hey, friends, what do you say you get on over and join our Discord? Because no matter what, that Discord's still going to be running, and it's there for everything else that I do. Bit.ly slash Jury Discord. I want to thank the folks who brought us the stories we got today. MacBook Pro had the drunk woman who is now the honorary Floridian. Sunbun had the Sonos story. And, of course... We have P. Lizzle. P. Lizzle, who gave us the box, the wedding ring box story. I want to thank our producers, Dustin, Robert H., Brian C., Trade the Melodic Command, Adam, Middle Age, Mike, and Harry, Lisa, Smith. Of course, uh, Twitter, Instagram, at Justin R. Young. Join our Discord at bit.ly slash Discord. Till tomorrow, this is your old pal, Justin Robert Young, saying please give a round of applause to Mr. Wacky and more importantly, Please don't Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>